Go to uh, Genesis 11, the end of Genesis 11. If you are, if this is your first time here tonight, first of all, hold on, I'm going to move my stool. First of all, I'm, I'm really thankful that you are here. Second, we'd love to just be able to get in contact with you. Um, so if you could fill out one of those first-time visitor cards, um, I promise we're not going to hound you, but we would like to stay in contact. So you can get those at Wax Road or any of our leaders can get one of those for you. Genesis 11. So in the series called Collective, and, and our key verse for this series is in Ephesians 4, verse 16, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And we're looking at this word collective through the lens of it's an it's a bunch of individuals represented together, a bunch of individual stories, a bunch of individual people represented coming together and doing more than we ever could on our own. And last week we talked about momentum in me will lead to momentum in us. And we talked about setting goals. How many of you guys since last Thursday have tried somewhat to stay on the goal you made for 2016? Yeah, right? Okay. Some people been in the gym. Anybody trying to work? How many guys are trying to diet right now? Anybody trying to diet? Yeah, exactly. It sucks. But by faith, we will persevere, right? Haven't eaten bread in like 10 days. And, and I've had to apologize to Brittany. Like last night, we were talking about if you could dip. How many of you guys know Juanita's chips? Juanita's? Yeah, it's like crack, right? And and Brittany and I were like, if you could dip Juanita's in chocolate, we would right now. Because we're so ready just to have, it just sounds so good. You know what I mean? It's not worth it, but it is. But it isn't, you know? I saw this picture, I saw this picture on Facebook that made me so mad. Have you ever seen that one that says, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? And I was like, that is such a joke. That's so... Whatever. I'm going to get off my horse about that. So tonight, I want to talk about this idea. I want to, through through our series, The Collective, I want to ask you this question tonight. We're going to talk about it. Where is your place? Where is your place? That's the title of the message tonight. Let's jump into Genesis 11. We'll start in verse 31, and we'll go through chapter 12, verse 3. Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his grandson, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went out from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan, and they went as far as Haran and settled there. Verse 32, the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12, verse 1, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, to the place that I will show you. Verse 2, and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and curse the ones who curse you. And in all the families of the earth and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. 12 verse 1, and the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and your father's house to the place that I will show you. Let's pray real quick. Dear Jesus, I pray just as we take a couple minutes to take a look at your word and to come understand your idea of having a place for us. I pray that as we each individually begin to find our place, that we would get passionate about helping other people find their place in you. 
in their place here with us. And we're, we're thankful that you bring us together and that there's more we can do together than we ever could alone. We thank you for that, and we pray that the Seahawks defeat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Amen. By the way, DVR the game and go to church. All right? Side note. DVR the game, go to church. I'm doing it. And don't text me the score. I'm turning my app off. All that kind of stuff. How many of you guys have had a game ruined because, like, you get a text, right? It's the worst. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So your place. You know, Brittany and I have been married for a little bit now. We're practically experts at this thing. Um, we're, like, eight months deep, right? Basically, we're pros now. So, but I have... This has been this has been a semi-contentious part of our marriage. So when I moved out and, and moved on campus at the Bible college I went to, my dad was like, we need to get you a good chair that you can study in. And so we went to Ikea, because that's where you get quality furniture, right, is Ikea. How many of you guys have ever put something together from Ikea? I wanted to go to Sweden and beat someone up myself, right? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was so frustrated. I have all these really cool tools that make me really a really cool man, and I can't use any of them because they expect you to use the little thing, whatever. So we go to Ikea, and my dad is super stoked. We buy this chair. It's in my dorm room. This chair has been with me since I was in college, which was not that long ago, for the record. But since I was in college, and it came with me when we got married and moved into our apartment. It came with me. And I remember Brittany comes in one day and she goes, oh, you brought the chair. And I was like, yeah, this is my chair. This is, this is the chair. And it's the chair that I sit in when I'm doing my devotions. It's the chair I sit in when I want to watch football and I'm screaming at the TV. It's the chair I sit in when I'm studying for Thursday night. It is my place in our house. Everybody has that place in your house, right? Like when you have a friend over, and if they've done life with you for a while, they know not to sit in that corner of the couch because, oh, that's their place, right? We all have a place. One of the places for me right now is the gym. I love going to the gym. I love putting my headphones in, and I pick someone that I choose to hate, and I'm really mad at them, and I work out really hard. And I love the gym. And it really frustrates me when people interrupt me in my place. How many guys are in the gym, and someone you know walks up to you and starts talking, right? I was in I was in the middle of a set um, doing like some back stuff, and this person that I know from kind of out in the community, I look up and they're just standing. They've been watching me as I'm working out, and I'm like, this is not okay. Like I'm not your friend right now. I'm not a pastor at a church right now. I'm sweaty and I'm angry and don't look at me right. And so, but the gym is a place for me. We all have this place, but I kind of want to talk at about your place at a little broader scale. I think young adults, especially us in our age group, we spend a lot of time asking ourselves this question, where is my place? In essence, what is my purpose? Where am I going? Where is the place that I'm going to land? What, what, what am I going to do when I grow up? There's this really cheesy 90s Christian song by a guy named Michael W. Smith, and I'm not going to allow Brittany to play it. No, I'm not going to let you do it. Called, you should look it up though, called My Place in This World. And it's, it is dis all right. Taylor, do you remember this song? This was Taylor's jam. It's on his Devo list. The wind is moving, but I'm standing still. A lot of people are waiting for 
Jake's ready for an encore. Anyways, I was thinking about that song, My Place in This World, and if we're being honest, gosh, it's so bad, but so good. So bad, but it's so good. A lot of us are finding ourselves in this moment, right? And and we're facing decisions that are bigger than we've ever faced. What are we going to do when we grow up? What am I going to invest money into to go to college for? And we are, in essence, the journey of being a young adult is finding your place. And so I want to take just the next couple minutes, I want to give you four thoughts about finding your place. Finding your place. And, And some of us may be here tonight, and we have not felt settled or in our place for a long time. And it's led to us giving up on some hopes and some dreams and some purpose. And and we've made some decisions that have led us in the opposite direction of where we thought our place would be. And I really hope I can bring some clarity to that tonight. Number one is this. In order to find your place, in order to find your place, you have to have faith. In order to find your place, you have to have faith. When you you think about Abraham, Abraham now has a family, has a wife, he has a lot of stuff, like camels was really important in those days, and like sheep and goats. He had a lot of things. And God comes to Abraham and he says, you need to leave your family and everything that you've known, and you need to head out, it's interesting, to this place that I will show you. God did not give him a location when he started this journey. God did not say, these are the coordinates that you can ask Siri to take you to. God did not say, hey, this is a perfect picture of the exact thing that you are headed towards. God just told Abraham to get up and go. And there's some of us, because we don't know how deep the pool is yet, because we don't have an exact picture of what we want or where we're headed, we have stagnated our journey to find our place. And there's this element of faith that we have to take. We have to take this step that says, okay, I do not fully understand it yet, but I'm going to take a step towards where I know my passions lie, where my talent lies, where my gifting lies, where what God has put on my heart lies. I'm going to take a step in that direction. Hebrews 11 verse 1 defines faith like this. Now, faith is the assurance of the things hoped for, the convictions of things not yet seen. Verse 2, by it, the the men of old gained approval. There are some of us that we are so desiring perfection and we're such perfectionists that we refuse to aim for something we can't fully see and there are a lot of parts of life where we have to step out in faith and say i do not see this yet but i know what direction that is and i'm going to choose to start taking steps towards it the same chapter verse 8 hebrews 11 verse 8 by faith abraham when he was called obeyed by going out to a place which he was not which he was to receive as an inheritance, and as he went out not knowing where he was going. I would encourage you to ask the question, what's the step of obedience that I've been putting off because I'm not convinced I can see it yet? 
What, what class have you not taken yet? What, what college have you not applied to? What relationship have you not ended? What job have you not applied for? Because I just can't see it. In order to get to your place, the place that God has for you, the place that God has made for you, in order to get there, there's going to be an element of faith that says, I don't see it yet. All the ducks are not lined up. People may say this is crazy, but this is the cool thing is when I step out in faith is when God can really start getting things moving. God cannot push forward something that's not moving. We have to be willing to take a step of faith. Number one is faith. Number two is this. In order to get to your place, you're going to have to grow. In order to get to your place, you're going to have to grow. James 1, uh, verses 2 through 4, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Verse 4, And let endurance have its perfect results, so that you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 3, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. See, faith brings momentum, right? And momentum brings endurance. We, we cannot expect ourselves to grow if we're not moving. Some of us are the same person we've been three years ago. And we wonder why we're not where we want to go yet. It's because we're not growing. We have to decide, okay, first I'm going to step out in faith. And the immediate response to faith, it's interesting, the immediate response to faith is resistance. When I step out in faith, never fails, I begin to have to push forward. But resistance is a sign of momentum. A lot of us take resistance as a sign that we're supposed to tap out. Nope, too hard, not going to do it. But I hate to break it to you, life is not all puppies and unicorns. There, there are going to be moments when things get hard, and we have to make the decision. I can allow this momentary defeat or this momentary resistance to set me back and send me away from my step of faith, or I can choose to grow through it. Because as we grow through these resistances that we come into, as we grow through them, that's how we become the person we need to be. So when we reach our place, we can do what we're supposed to do. A lot of us are expecting a path of no resistance to this place that we're not prepared for. A lot of us want the job. A lot of us want the relationship. A lot of us want the momentum. But we're not willing to put in the work. The work is what produces in us the thing we need so we can step into what we're supposed to step into. If we are not willing to grow through the journey, if we keep tapping out every time we hit a tough time, we will never reach our place. And if we do reach it by happenstance, we will not be prepared to handle it. It'll kill us. It'll take us down. Because it's the journey along the way that makes us into who we're supposed to be so we can do what we're supposed to do when we get there. Number one, you have to step out in faith. Number two, you need to be ready to grow. Number three, in order to reach your place, you need to commit. In order to reach your place, you need to commit. Galatians 6, verse 9 puts it this way. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Weary. Our life shows the fruit of what we're truly committed to. Our life shows the fruit of what we're truly committed to. Some of us have been saying for years that this is the place I'm going. And we've not stepped out in faith and we've refused to grow. And it's showing in our commitment. It's showing in the fruit of our life. I'm going to go back to college. 
you know, you said that seven years ago. I'm, I'm going to really work on this area in my life so I can, you know, marry a phenomenal person. Yeah, we've been around this mountain nine times. There is this element where when we say it, we have to be willing to commit to it. This is called diligence. This is called excellence. This is the decision that I'm not going to wander for the rest of my life, but I'm actually going to finish what I say I'm going to start. See, a lot of us enjoy the high of starting, but we lack the character to finish. A lot of us really enjoy the high of posting on Facebook that I'm going back to college, but none of us enjoy the diligence it takes to pass the classes. A lot of us enjoy the claim that, you know, 2016, new year, new me, right? And then we reach the spot where, wow, I really have to work? No. Commitment is the difference between a goal being a dream and a goal being reality. We have to choose to commit. And this is, this is the issue with our age group specifically, is our age group has bought into the lie that you don't have to commit to anything. And we see these tweets, and they bug me, if traveling was free, you'd never see me again. Okay, first of all, it's really cool. You should tattoo it. That's awesome, right? But our generation has bought into this belief that a lack of commitment is appealing. Our generation has bought into this belief that I just want to date who I want. If it works, it'll work. Our, our generation has bought into this, well, I'm just going to work a job so I can enjoy my life. And it's so contrary to the way that God works. God has order and place and purpose for everything. You think about the, the creation story in Genesis 1 and the fact that God put the stars in the sky and they, place, they serve a purpose and he put the water where he did and he put the land where he did. It all serves purpose. It's all created for a purpose. And then we look at our own lives and we say, no, I don't have to live on purpose. I don't have to have this place that I'm headed towards. It's okay for me to lack commitment. And it's so contrary to the God we serve. Please understand, I'm not saying that traveling's bad. I'm not saying that taking time to enjoy life is bad. What I am saying is this, is refusing to believe that God has a place and a purpose is to negate the reason why we're still on earth. We have purpose. There's a place we're supposed to go to. And the only way we're going to get there is if we commit. Number four is this. Your place needs to have a purpose. Your place needs to have a purpose. Some of us get so overwhelmed with the thought of the future and the thought of where we're headed and the thought of what we want to accomplish. And when we think about, man, this is what I want to do when I grow up and this is the kind of money I want to make and this is the kind of person I want to marry, we kind of have this closed fist I am going to shove and force and make it all happen. And we end up killing ourselves on the inside and we beat ourselves up because we can't just make it happen. And it's because we've allowed vision to begin to shape us instead of us shaping our vision. There is this element of our vision and our purpose and our dreams and our future that we have to allow to guide us forward but not drag us forward. Some of us are missing the most fun parts of our lives because we refuse to take a deep breath. Some of us are so focused. This, this, is, the, this is a couple things about vision. 
and then we'll wrap up. A couple things about vision. Vision is both a long-term and a short-term thing. Vision is something where, yes, we need to have a picture of where we're headed. But when we focus so much on where we're headed, we trip ourselves because we're not paying attention to what's in front of us. But vision at the same time is a short-term thing because if we aren't paying, if we pay too much attention to what's in front of us, we get off track for where we're headed. And you have to have this long-term, short-term idea of vision. And if you want to keep a vision intact, if you want to keep your place in front of you, where you're headed, this purpose, this idea, I would really encourage you to celebrate milestones. I would encourage you, the way you balance, this is where I'm headed, but I'm paying attention to where I am, is by saying, hey, at least I'm not where I was six months ago. As I'm, personal example, as I'm on the journey of trying to get in shape, I could be really frustrated that I don't look like Thor yet, right? I could be, right? I have, I have a vision board. It's in my phone. I want to look like that guy. I want abs on abs on abs, right? That's the goal. And I can be really frustrated that I'm not there yet. And there are days when I am, and I want to tap out and eat all the donuts in the whole world, right? And that's when I am too obsessed over the long-term vision. And I have to take my eyes back to the fact that I am in better shape than I've ever been in my whole life. I have to remember where I started. It's, as you see Abraham go on this journey, as God's calling him forward and sending him out, you see Abraham stop multiple times along the way, and he puts together an altar, and he worships the Lord. And those altars, in essence, their purpose was to remind Abraham of the faithfulness of God and the fact that he was on this journey towards the place that God had for him. Some of us need to write down in a journal or take a picture of the text or remember the day when we made a decision that used to cripple us six months ago. Some of us need to remember that the long-term goal is not worth dying over. It's not worth destroying friendships now. It's not worth forgetting who you are now. But it is about saying incrementally every day, what can I do to start taking steps towards my place? What can I do to slowly start to get there? Another aspect of vision that will keep you on track is your vision should always lead you to serving others. Your vision, all right, you want to be a doctor and make a lot of money. That's really great. But if that's all you want, you will die with a lot of money and really lonely. If the goal is, hey... You know, and our generation is so good at this. I just really want to serve people, right? And the converse of this is true. We can so search for self-centeredness that it destroys us. Or we can be so focused on individually wanting to serve so many people that we never accomplished the great thing we could have if we had really gone after what God wanted for us. There's a balance in there. And we have to begin to build something that says, okay, I want to build my life in a way that when I get to my place, I can help other people find theirs. And this is the power collective us. This is the power of UDYA. This is the power of church. The power of church is this, that when you sit in a room like this, there's people who have already found their place. And there's people who are on their way to their place. And there's people who are still trying to find it. But we can link arms together and say, hey, we are going to help each other find that place. And collectively, the stories that if you would take the time on a Thursday night just to walk up to someone and say, how is your life going? What's your story? And allow the success that they're seeing really begin to build faith in you. 
Some of us, like I said, are lacking faith. Talk to someone who's full of it right now and spend time with people like that. Some of us feel really stuck in an area. Talk to someone who's growing. Some of us have an absolute fear of commitment because we're scared it might mean we fail. Talk to someone who's strong in that area. You can find those things here in church. I've moved a lot in my young adult years, and I've been all over the place, and I totally understand that young adult years are full of turmoil. The cool thing about church, the cool thing about the collective, the cool thing about something like UDYA is it can be a constant in a spinning life. It can be a constant, hey, I don't know my place out there, but I know I always have a place in here. And I may not feel like I have a place among my friends, but I know I have a place here in the collective among us. I would encourage you to begin to look through this perspective. And Michaela talked about inviting friends. This is why we invite friends, is because we're convinced that this is working. We invite people to a place like this, and we invite people to a relationship with God, and we invite people into relationship here at church because we have become convinced, hey, if this is working for me and it's working for the other people who come here, then it should be working for my friends and my family members and my coworkers. We invite people here because the collective is growing each other. And that's why we have to see the momentum in us first, but that's also why we have to be willing to take the journey to find our place. And I, Can you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm going to pray for you and we'll be done tonight. How many of you guys tonight, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, how many of you guys would admit you're struggling to find your place? You can just put your hand on your heart. That's totally cool. You just put your hand on your heart. This is a cool thing about our lives, is when we get really good at being committed to where we're at right now, and get really good at accepting the place that we're in, even though we have dreams and aspirations and where we're headed. The fruit that we want to bear in our lives when we reach our place is going to be built upon our decision to be present in the place we are right now. That's the cool thing about UDYA in here, is we can help you build fruit right here, right now. And build fruit that's going to last as you move forward in your life. And we do it through Jesus. And I just want to pray tonight that even if you don't feel like you have a place anywhere else, that you'll feel like you have a place in your relationship with God. And you feel like you have a place here with us. God, we thank you. We thank you that the first place that we can always find home is in our relationship with you. That when life is spinning out of control and we don't know what we're doing and we feel so out of place, that your word promises us that there is this settling of our soul when we come into relationship with you. That there can be this focus on purpose and this place that you have for us even though we may not feel like we're there yet. And I pray that for us collectively as UDYA would be really good at engaging each other and helping each other reach the place that we're called to be in so we can all do what we're called to do. So that way, collectively, we can have an impact on more people than we ever thought we could. I we thank you for the fact that you've brought us together, and I pray that as we grow individually, we would grow collectively, 
and we would be stronger together than we ever have been before. I pray for those who are still trying to figure out where they're headed, trying to find their north, trying to find direction and purpose for life. God, we thank you so much that your word promises that you have plans and purpose, that your word promises that you have these good works that you created for us. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you start be starting to be an enlightenment, an opening of our eyes to those plans and purposes that you have for us in the next coming weeks so we can start heading down the road to the place that you've prepared for us. We thank you for that. We worship you, and you're so great. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for coming tonight. Again, if you're a first-time guest, if, if you could just fill out a Connect card, that would be great so we can get to know you a little better, and we'll see you next Thursday. From the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than a word to say I follow you all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways